0: Welcome to Conscious SD, where successful San Diego leaders share their stories of leading beyond profit and are using the influence of business to possibly change the companies and communities we all work and live in. I'm your host, Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership, a unique set of processes that unlock the unlimited passion and potential of your team to create a 10x result in your business. I want to thank our collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, Be Local, and Cause San Diego. We're all focused on impacting the community of San Diego through the work they do as business leaders. Welcome to the show. Today on the show, we have an amazing guest who has been described as the legend of healthcare philanthropy. He's leading a team that is driving programs to both build and transform our community of San Diego. Bill Littlejohn, welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD. Thank you so much, Jeff. Bill is the Senior Vice President and Chief Executive Officer of Sharp Healthcare Foundation. He oversees the entire philanthropic program for Sharp, San Diego's largest healthcare provider, which, oh, by the way, I am a customer, a satisfied customer. I love Uh, Sharp. Good Sharp experiences. Yes. Under his leadership, Sharp has generated over $500 million in philanthropy. And over Bill's career, he's raised over $1 billion. Dude, that, that's, that's a lot of money. A lot of generous people out there. Well, I'm very excited to uh, dig in a little bit sure. and have you share about the, the Sherp Foundation, how that all fits in, some of the work you're doing here in the community. Also, uh, I met you through Cause, and they had the big event at the new facility you guys had. Unfortunately, I was out of the country at the time, so I didn't get to go. I still haven't been there, but I, I got to come the, over for a tour. Yeah, the feedback was uh, the facility was amazing. That's how I kept hearing. But what I wanted to do was throw you a fastball right away. How's sure. that sound, Bill? <laughs> sure. So I understand that you like to start your board meetings with Sharp with the best inspired story, right? To kind of get the ball rolling, get people to remember why they do what they do and all that kinds of good stuff. And I thought the great way to kick this off is given all the years you've been working at Sharp, what is your best inspired story in regards to what you're doing, what Sharp's doing, and the impact it's had on San Diego?
1: Oh, that's great. I've been doing this kind of work for 40 years now. And so I've worked with lots of boards and board meetings and all that structure. I kind of joke about the first thing you do at a board meeting is you approve the minutes, which no one seems to read. And, of course. and it sort of start off with this kind of not too exciting process in the meeting. And uh, we did a big initiative, big campaign a number of years ago, and it was called Inspire. And it really was about the inspiration of philanthropy. And philanthropy is truly inspired from, from others. And so uh, we said, why don't we do that in our meetings? Why don't we just start the meeting with a story of inspired giving? It wasn't about a big gift or it wasn't about the most important. It was the aspect that giving is this incredible dynamic that is inspirational. And so the idea came and we've been doing it now ever since it's been more than a decade that we start every foundation board meeting with that wonderful story. Gosh, I mean, you think about, oh well, is there one that stands out? You no, know, I think what I would say is that the ones that include a physician or a nurse and the donor, and they make a gift in honor or recognition of that person, that individual for the care they received, their sharp experience, and this aspect that they've connected from the standpoint of not being patient and caregiver, they've connected also being sort of donor and sharp mm. and that we help facilitate that. And the emotion that goes into that where they just sort of share for a few minutes their patient experience and then they turn to the doctor and say, my life, you did something. And the doctor would say, you know, I was just doing my job. It's my job, man. Just, my job. what I do. <laughs> and, but, Save people. but what more than anything, what it does and it, what it's done is inspire the board members in the room, right. the leaders, the president and CEO of Sharp Healthcare. It's, and we all say, this is why we're here. It's, not, you know, it's a board meeting and we've got agendas and we've got lots of things to do and financials and things, but it just changes the tone. And so that five minutes
0: changes the next 90 minutes. We're well, tapping into the why, the purpose, the higher purpose, which is all kind of what the podcast is about, Trevor Burrus, Jr.: The mission. Yeah. And, and, and are the asp- what are we doing? Exactly.
1: Yeah. And the fact is, is that we've, Deliver healthcare, so we took care of that patient. But that patient said it was special to me, and I want to not only want I want to thank the doctor or the nurse. I want to give back because I know what I give back will ultimately
0: improve my healthcare. Yes, you know, I, and I love that story. We're gonna get into that. I yeah. love that, uh, that the domino effect that would get exactly crazy. in yeah.
1: the aspect that. And I would just we just did some updating, and these, we call these these guardian angel gifts where people mm. make a gift in honor of a caregiver. And we've now had 80,000 recognitions in the last 20 years for nurses, doctors, staff, people, volunteers, board members. some people get like hundreds, right? Yeah, oh, we have some doctors that have well, over 500 recognitions. And what I said is that people have always appreciated that. Now we just gave them an opportunity to say thanks and give back and know that ultimately their gift is gonna do good. It's gonna do good for Sharp, but it's also gonna do, do good for San Diego because SHARP is a San Diego asset and our mission is to improve the healthcare of the people of San Diego. So in the end of the day, everybody wins. Right but it's also the aspect of this inspiration that goes with it. So it's really fun even to kind of go out to the team and say, well, who has the inspired story for this month? You know, who is, and we go out and talk to people and say, would you like to share this month? That's, so you actually a, bring someone in. Oh, we oh actually bring them okay. in. We, so it's not first, a secondhand
0: story. It's, yeah, uh, we,
1: we had to do it virtually during COVID and all of that, but no, we bring them in and they they get the microphone. Oh, I love it. And so we we will bring the donor, the nurse, the doctor. It might be a team of people. Um, even last month we did it. It was our auxiliary, which is our volunteers at the hospital brought over a check for one of their gifts. And so there were five or six of them. and They just got to share about how much they appreciate volunteering at the hospital and being able to give back. Every story is unique, but everyone is inspirational.
0: The well, I, I love inspiration
1: the, is the essence of philanthropy.
0: Well, that's some great leadership right there. Again, yeah, what you. you're doing is you're kicking the thing off. Right. Of like, let's remind ourselves of the larger reason that we're here, right? That's we're exactly going to get right. all the details. Yep. and not some bolts. We're going to talk about money right. and the, the challenges and the same projects whatever, right? But- if we forget why we're doing all this good stuff, because it's always hard. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, the world of conscious capitalism, that's, ha- you know, what's the higher purpose, right? Let's re- keep reminding ourselves of what we're doing besides making money.
1: That right? word conscious, you know, the yes. conscious capital is been thinking about it. People are inspired to give. It's the consciousness of it.
0: So that's I'm not going to let you off the hook. Oh, no. Okay. So I, I said, so give me an inspired story. You told me the whole backstory why and why and how it works. But let me reframe the question. Okay. What's your big why? Why, why are you doing this work?
1: I never thought about that growing up so much. Although I was always so an after
0: forty thing, Bill. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I've always been in a family that was dedicated to volunteerism and support, and active in church and community and things like that. Including so you saw my that parents growing up. saw that growing up. Sure, and then um, actually I did it even as in my fraternity in college. I was the community service person who helped organize raising money for uh, the Red Cross or other projects. And sort of had that, I I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. My father worked for the government, so was a a, a civil servant. And I looked at at doing that type of work. I I got a degree in economics, you know, and I sort of moved toward that dynamic and uh, ended up my first sort of real professional job was the American Cancer Society. And it was more about not just fundraising. It was the aspect of community, community organizations, and this aspect of the quality of life that we enjoy certainly comes from the public and private sectors, but it's the things that make a difference to people sort of emotionally and consciously like libraries or like museums, like the little league baseball or uh, schools and education, and of course healthcare. And it was in my sort of DNA that this is something that I could both enjoy because it was a lot about people engagement. And about, in the end of the day, it wasn't just about money, it's about relationships and relationship right. development. the community. Right, in the end of the day, in the community. And so I really looked at it from the standpoint, if I could have, you know, it wasn't so much sort of being a missionary or just sort of, you know, noble cause, it was the aspect that there's a professional opportunity to elevate philanthropy, to, to help communities and organizations meet their mission. And I think that's the thing is that so many people have incredible missions but it still requires a lot of work and a lot of dynamic and a lot of business savvy and sense to be successful in terms of organizations meeting their mission. It just can't be, I have a great cause and I want to be really good at this dynamic of engaging communities, engaging people that they can then be. And I've always thought that is that my job professionally is not sort of be this great fundraiser. It's to train and inspire others, that they can be successful and that so people give four causes but they give two people so the people who are in that cause whether they're board members or volunteers or staff or whatever they're the ones who will inspire people to give me as the professional my job is really You're to train exactly because, yeah. exactly that it's that you know i'm not from san diego and originally and didn't have you know the, all these contacts it was the aspect that here was this organization sharp Healthcare who has an incredible impact on the, on the community. And I said, what I wanna do is facilitate philanthropy on behalf of this incredible institution that ultimately will benefit both the institution and the community. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I'm a fundraising person, but I'm also, you know, there's a big difference between fundraising and philanthropy. You know, philanthropy is the, from the Greek, the love of humankind. It's this it incredible history and dynamic of caring for other people. Fundraising is a function. It's you go out right, and raise money, right. you play golf, One you, of the methods. You, right, you send out a proposal, you write a proposal to a foundation, right? It's it's very functional in the aspect. So what I, I've really been, I, and I call myself the senior officer for philanthropy at Sharp. So Sharp has a culture and a dynamic as a community organization, a great asset in San Diego that brings huge benefit to the people of San Diego and therefore has a culture of philanthropy that people give to it or give back to it or support it. So ultimately it makes the community better versus, oh, we we don't have enough money to do X, Y, or Z. We need to go out and ask people for that. It's, it's much different than that. So that's really where I've been drawn for my entire career is to be a facilitator and to be a champion, to be an evangelist for philanthropy and then help people do effective fundraising. Do it right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Do it right, and that it's and that's the you know challenge. Sometimes people are just are absolutely driven by cause, and I and they're wonderful people, but they may not have the best sort of techniques in which to be able to do it, and they and it, it frustrates them and and their organization. So it, in the end of the day, it's more about yeah being that facilitator.
0: Well, I love that. I love that. It, it, can, it kind of goes back to this idea of that uh, there's, just, there's just a larger thing going on, like the philanthropy versus the fundraising. Exactly. And what role you're playing in this or why you're doing this really has to do with the community, the impact in the community, and the meaning that it brings. And it just changes the equation. And it, so, if you get that piece, you got to have all the blocking and tackling, right? I mean, like any absolutely. business, you got to have all the good blocking and tackling. Otherwise, a great idea is not going to go anywhere if you don't have the right tools and people and processes and everything else. But love the higher, loftier.
1: Yeah, and I think Wild that it, it's the higher calling. What's wonderful, even about a Sharp Healthcare, it's had that higher calling as an organization since its inception, Beginning, right? Exactly. Well, right. I heard
0: the yeah, maybe share that. I mean, yeah, how this all began, right? Well, really it really was a donation, right? It was they a donation, but, it, but even
1: before the donation, it was after World War Two. San Diego had grown like a weed it, and all the military people going through and coming back. And, and I like, this was a nice place. I think I'll yeah, settle why, here. Why leave? Right. And of course, the defense industry and all of that. So San Diego grew a great deal. And there was a group of community citizens that got together right after the war, 1946, right after the war, and really determined that there needed to be a new hospital in San Diego. So it was just, it was in physicians and the council of churches and others, they got together as, and they formed an association. And that and that really was two purposes: was to raise funds and to find a suitable place and to contract to build a new hospital in San Diego. So they started from zero. It's really wonderful. We but have, back from
0: a very community-driven. Not it, somebody had a great idea. No, and there. it wasn't.
1: And it wasn't some hospital company yeah. uh, from Chicago that said, "Oh, we're going to go into San Diego Expand, and build a hospital." Yeah. No, it was that. And you know, it, of course, it was a big growth area for uh, healthcare was big after the war all over the place. But what's interesting is, you know, in the end of the day, that was their mission was to do that. And then the aspect of how do you do that? I was going to mention that we still have the minutes of all the meetings of the association from the day they were formed. And it's really fascinating to kind of go through the process of which and that did you just know, start with an
0: inspired it, story? Yeah, well here you he is the first the first <laughs> thing the first thing
1: that the board did, they had a meeting, they said, well We need to get some stationery and supplies. And they all chipped in $20. There you go. (laughs) And they started a fundraising campaign uh, back in the late 40s. And um, to to raise, at the time, they wanted to raise $3.5 million for a new hospital in San Diego. Amazing to think what what you could get for $3.5 million in the 1950s. And along the way, there was a gentleman uh, working on that campaign who knew Thomas E. Sharp. And Thomas E. Sharp was a local radio person, not personality, but he owned radio stations. He's a rancher. He had done a lot of di- different things, become successful in business. And his son, Donald N. Sharp, had been killed during the war. He was a pilot in the Ar- Army Air Forces and was uh, shot down over Germany and died. And, and so he was looking for a way to memorialize his son. He thought about an educational foundation his son had gone to Stanford before he joined the, uh, the Army Air Forces. And this guy went to him and said, they're, gonna, they're building a hospital over here. This is one of the most important things. You know, if you come alongside, you know, I think there'd be a great way to remember your son, and he gave $500,000 in 1950 with the promise that we would name the hospital the Donald N. Sharp Memorial Community Hospital, which opened in 1955. So it was a nine-year process that they went through between the time they organized an association to opening the doors of the hospital. That was a lot of toil of fundraising and uh, going out to people and companies, meeting with companies and, you know, others and, you know, pledging and getting people involved. It was a lot of, you know, going door to door and doing those types of things to ultimately get them a new hospital. But that association is today the board of Sharp Healthcare. I mean, it's, it continues on. that. Vol- so we are a volunteer-led organization, volunteer governed organization. We're a community asset of San Diego, just as we were. Now we've affiliated with Grossmont and Chula Vista and we've got much bigger organization, but the same tenants, the same mission, and the same governance and oversight and the same importance of giving and philanthropy exists today as it did in 1955 when it opened. But it's also in really the same mission. So you think about that, that now what started out with a group of people giving $20
0: to it's buy to you can do in the world if you is now made. a
1: nearly a five billion dollar organization touching the lives of a million people a year in San Diego.
0: That's a great story. I, I really appreciate you share that because uh, I certainly didn't know that story. And we do have this big, huge thing called Sharp Medical. Oh, yeah. whatever. It's like sure. you know, you just think like, yeah, oh, big company or right. whatever. They're sharp.
1: They see the side and the name on yeah. the side of the building. I think, oh, you you guys sell TVs? You Sharp Electronics? And like,
0: <laughs> it's so often. I, I have to say that's probably true of like every company. There's always some backstory that started the company, and so often it gets lost. Very Legacy. Quickly. That yeah. is exactly. You make a great point.
1: Yeah, companies organizations, towns, you name it, it's about legacy. And legacy is another enormous dynamic in philanthropy and community is the the legacy of San Diego is made by people, but also organizations. And that's really, I'm the kind of resident historian for Sharp Healthcare because there's so much attached. Just reading those minutes of the meetings from back in the late forties and fifties, I see names of people of which family members are associated still to this day. And you also see the kind of dedication people had as volunteers. And it's like, boy, talk about being inspired. Is that these people toiled for years and they didn't have some big backing. They just put it all together. You're right. And so companies have that. I mean, yeah. every you know, Everybody's and, that, and, got and, it, but and sharing that legacy yeah. is an important element in education. We like to do education before we ask anybody, share with what we're doing, but also that legacy and say, you know, today people are giving money on the shoulders of others who have done it before.
0: Kind of funny. uh, I facilitated a a short 90 minute meeting with a a client. And it was uh, just a deep dive with his team because he's trying to get them to delegate better. Right. So we're doing a little like, okay, why do we delegate blah, blah, blah. And then we got in, why why aren't you delegating? And they were talking about the difficulties of it or whatever. And out of that conversation came the whole idea of enrollment, right? Like if I'm gonna delegate something to you, it's like, I gotta tell a story and uh, the one partner said man we we've been doing a lousy job of telling our story like it's gotten lost oh, so they left the meeting so, with a commitment like we need to revisit the story and good for you yeah, i yeah, mean so was th- cool wh- how that came that out.
1: is exactly right. and we do that all the time I mean, that's why we tell the story of inspired giving to start because you know storytelling is an enormous part it's an enormous part of giving but it's also a part of communities and and history I remember learning about before there was lots of written books or printed books, the people in towns and communities and villages, they called them professional rememberers. They're the ones who told the stories and histories to kids it, right? and they pass it along because, you know, it was, um, people didn't have a whole lot of books and you had this aspect. And so and now, of course, you have so many different platforms in which to do it, but you still have to do it. And that's what we do a lot, even in our board meetings. It's 90 minutes long, but two-thirds of it is educational presentation, storytelling, and sharing. And it, people learn a lot, you know, sure we do functional things, the finance report and things like that. And people are like, wow, I got a nice, that was was a great 90, I learned a lot more than when I walked in the door. And like, even though, oh, you're a board member, you should know all know this. No, it's like we, so, and that's, and that is a really important element of philanthropy and fundraising is we don't do enough of that today that, you know, we send out a mailing or an email, give to this, and there's a picture or something, when we need to tell more stories. Hey. And especially the impact of giving. A, there was a survey once that said that 50% of the people only gave once to an organization they didn't give again, because they, they asked me, I said, well, they never really told me what they did with the money. Mm. I'm not quite sure exactly. I kind of, well, they help people. Like, well, but, but where'd my money go? Exactly. <laughs> okay. in, in that, in what way kind of thing. So we spend as much time on stewardship and sharing the impact of giving as we do on the asking, uh, side. And, and so, uh, you know, we talk about, we need to educate before we ask, ask effectively, and then steward both the money and the people.
0: And I'm going to say it's translating into the service at the end of the day. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm a member sharp right. and I have always had a good experience I actually got a left the the day. I went to go see the doctor. So, you know, when you get older, you see the doctor more often. He says, you yeah. got any complaints? I said, yeah, I didn't have to use my GPS to get here. <laughs> so apparently <laughs> I've become a little too often. I actually know where you are. So, um, but I'm just going to say that, I mean, throughout the everywhere I've gone in for this or that or the other, the, you know, the, the people have been fantastic. It's been really effective and efficient. I mean, you get in, you get out. I'm not sitting around waiting in you know, some waiting room for hours on end. It's, it's been a great experience. And so all these things you're doing at this higher level is translating right into it the It goes right
1: down, right down. And that and that's part of the Sharp experience we, we've been focused on for 20 years is making the experience better. Health care is very
0: complicated. You don't want to be there. I'm sorry no, to say. I really don't, to, I don't want to come no, to no, you. No, nobody wants, wants to be there. there. <laughs> Although
1: some people in our new hospital buildings are like, wow, it's like a hotel. I wouldn't mind staying a little bit longer. If, but it was all about, right, customer service and an incredibly complex and scary environment was to make it better. Make it better for those who work there and for obviously for those that come to us for care. And that's the sharp experience. And the aspect that philanthropy, the fundraising, does impact virtually everything we do, whether it's a scholarship for a nurse, uh, a training program in our new innovation center in the simulation lab that we can send people to, or it's a piece of equipment, a robotic surgery system that we've helped to fund or obviously a, a, a brand new building or it's for some programmatic support for a nurse or a team of people. And that's the end of the day is that even in that story of inspired giving philanthropy has helped that doctor in their practice. So even to the point that it's more efficient when they, when you go to see them along the way, because you know, in the end of the day, there's three ways that hospitals generate money and they need to, to invest in the future. They have to earn it through operations, like a for-profit company. They finance and borrowing and issuing debt, and you have to have a strong financial position to do that, and investment through philanthropy. So we don't really think about it as need-based, it's about future vision-based. And together, those elements come together to allow Sharp to invest in the future. So to build a new tower, to invest in technology, to train nurses, all of those things—it's all about really done on your behalf, mm-hmm. so that you will have a better Sharp experience and you'll have better care all along Multiply the way. Having
0: a better community—that's
1: a great point. And in the end of the day, we think of ourselves as a community asset. We belong to the community of San Diego. You know, each year we provide about five hundred million dollars of community benefit. That's the charity and uncompensated care for the under underinsured the community mm, benefit wow. programs the health screening that's what we do that gives us our tax exemption our tax exemption status that so we don't pay income tax but we have to generate an income to reinvest in the future but you're exactly right nonprofits have to uh, <laughs> nonprofits have to be profitable to a degree <laughs> exactly. that they could, if they <laughs> want to invest in the future right if you want to be around and it's very expensive in healthcare to invest in the future right. but it's it's important and it's part of our mission i mean and that's the thing we have a mission to serve And so, but we have to operate effectively. So in fact, that sharp experience was not just about great experience. It was about being a more effective and efficient healthcare delivery system that ultimately became more financially successful and it's not like it goes to stockholders it goes back to the community, community in a, a new building a new clinic or a new piece of technology that you'll benefit from as a patient so that's the other our other story is that we really belong to San Diego i mean this is you know, we're governed we have about 170 people who serve on our various boards of directors all volunteers they come from the San Diego community and so they help us sort of stay on the course of doing
0: what's best I for San love Diego this. I'm all about San Diego. Yeah. This podcast is all about leaders in San Diego. Could you share a little bit about the whole idea of the donor advice fund? Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of the math of this. I I really liked when I was listening to how that kind of all plays out. Because typically I think, well, all right, to your point, someone asks for some money. I write a check, off it goes, boom, boom, boom. But I love how this, my donation gets multiplied through the process and gets added to and some of the benefits that I would have as a donor to this. Right. So maybe just give a little. Well,
1: I think one of the things that we, and we're and we proud of is that we can do lots of different types of giving programs for people. that They can obviously make cash gifts and things like that. Gifts of appreciated asset, donate stocks or do uh, ones where they can get an an annuity gift or we can, you know, they get an annuity payment and and, where they can give real estate and do types of different things with that. And that's the donor advised fund concept has been the biggest growth area of giving and fundraising in decades. And it's huge, it's where people really set up their own foundation, their own family type foundation without all the legal dynamics, they can go to a commercial investment company and set up a donor advised fund. And the end of the day, then they can choose and have that fund Um, being provided the way we look at uh, what we do is really provide great giving opportunities for everyone who wants to be inspired and give and the aspect that money does sort of beget money and we can provide great sort of both tax opportunities and giving and uh, earning uh, income opportunities for their gifts. So there's lots of ways to do that. And again, a donor advised fund provides, you You know, you can make those investments, earn interest on those. And then, of course, they operate like a, They can operate like an endowment where you take the earnings and be able to make that in, uh, invest into the future. We have a number of endowments for our nursing scholarship program, for example, where the endowment spins off interest earnings. And that then goes for scholarships to pay for nurses to go to school or to be trained to do those types of things. So we have a comprehensive aspect of philanthropy in our program. And we work with advisors and others to help people achieve their dreams and their big dreams of what they want to do. Uh, for example, we have a program of which people can donate their home. Oh, yeah,
0: We're facilitating dreams now, Bill.
1: That's exactly right. Well, they, can <laughs> <Like> do- that. <laughs> they can donate their home and live in it for the rest of their life like a reverse mortgage, and we will pay them a charitable gift annuity based on their age and the valuation of the home. In the end of the day, it's a le- the legacy. And they don't have kids or they weren't going to leave their home to their kids. They can make an incredibly large gift and enjoy the benefit of it while they're still alive and then know that the legacy that they've created will will live on and so that's another wonderful thing that we
0: do We so have is, a lot of sophistication you, right. you have and, lots of ways to let people participate and that, you know
1: and, and achieve that that big dream they have after our kids were born we have a trust that what we have and we have some that's going to go to sharp but at the end of the day that we set up our estate and a trust and it's sort of you know knowing that our kids will receive something but also, the places that I believe I support where I went to school, the church and things like that can be supported. So we do a lot of work with, to help people do their planning and that including their charitable planning. And so we have professionals. Yes. And we're, you know, the aspect is that we want to do what's best for sort of everybody. And we always talk about, you know, it's not about sacrificial giving or giving till it hurts giving till it feels good. And oftentimes we can find solutions for people that are really Wonderful. And and because we have a long-term strategic plan as well. Many organizations, they've got to raise money to make payroll, and it's a tough environment, and I feel for them, and I've worked around some of those, and I know that dynamic. At the end of the day, but we, we have a very long view at Sharp. We have big strategic initiatives, and we can talk to people and say, look, you don't have to give all the money today because that gift is going to have an impact a decade from now, and we know that the work that we'll be doing will have impact on the community a decade from now. We're in it for the long haul. And it goes back to building relationships, is that people like yourself come to Sharp Healthcare for their healthcare, and that's great. And we say thank you to that. Thank you for choosing Sharp as your provider. And we wanna have a lifetime relationship with you, take care of you for the rest of your life and, uh, and your family. At the same time, you might wanna be part of the future of Sharp Healthcare through giving. So in the end, we provide that sort of option some of the great speeches I've seen John D. Rockefeller talking about giving way back in the 1930s about how you should ask people like you were asking them to invest in a stock or a, you know, a high-grade company is that give them all the information they need to know and say, it's not your job to make someone give. Our job is to put before them an opportunity to invest in an important cause in the most meaningful way possible. It's up to them to make that decision. When I tell, we tell board members and others, when you've done that, you've done your job. Fundraising got this kind of, you know, bad, oh, bad. You know, bad you know right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come over there and twist your arm around and say, oh, the good news is they go to a, a big event and say, hey, the good news, all the money we need to raise is in this room tonight. The bad news is it's still in your pockets. <laughs> so and no one's you, leaving Before it, no you leave here, <laughs> it's like, no, what we say is that we want you to learn something, and then go think about it, and then we'll come back and we'll give them these options. Hey, you can be the million dollar donor by doing it X, Y, and Z. So you're exactly right, is that, and most of the biggest gifts that we receive come from wealth and that people, you know, it's wonderful people have acquired wealth and that, you know, we work with them to how best do you want to distribute right. and and make that wealth impactful. So yeah, you're exactly right. It's, and there's more donor advised funds and, and annuities and trusts and real estate.
0: There's all so kinds- Lots of, of ways to play people. Well, and look in San Diego with <laughs> right. the value
1: of real estate, things like that. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's, so we're, we're in that education business as well.
0: Love it. So speaking of education, you guys opened one of your projects. Yes. You opened uh, your Sharp Prebis Educational Center last April. We did. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend the Cause Conference, so I, I haven't been over there yet. But let me talk about that a yes. little bit. What, what was the, what's the thinking behind that? What are you guys trying to do? Again, it's a community oh, kind of program. It's a, so. it's a
1: great hub. So for years, we wanted to have a, a conference center for meetings and for physician education, things like that. We. Our hospitals didn't have big auditoriums we and were very pressed for clinical space. So we've had it sort of on the books for a long time and it finally came to fruition about 4 or 5 years ago where it's like, you know, we have our main office our corporate office up in Kearney Mesa at the Spectrum Center there uh, right off the 163. So it came to the point that this could be a location where we could finally put together not just a conference center but truly a healthcare hub for both Sharp and San Diego, and really the healthcare industry. So it really morphed from just being a having a big enough conference center to also a simulation labs for nurse training, nurse and physician training, but also a technology hub because we're obviously more technology is being used, digital communications and platforms, and AI and things like that, and also places for our boards and others to meet to be a gathering place. So in the in the end, it, it put together a plan that we were going to create a. Um, in innovation and education center, which, yeah, we could use it for education and training and other types of things, but also conferences and a community hub. And of course, uh, the first group we went to was the Comrade Prebis Foundation uh, to ask for a leadership gift, which they made a $5 million to help really kick off the project. And we're raising about $20 million for that total $75 million cost of that project, plus the parking structure uh, that's a aligned there. So what it's become is an incredible place of learning, of gathering, of leadership, and really future health care. And so it is – we look forward to having you come over and take the tour. So we have a, a big 375-seat auditorium. Well, I want to invite
0: all my guests for yes. the podcast. I want a little to get-together, We'd be happy to host <laughs> you for
1: lunch and maybe ask you for money. I don't know about that. but um, and we have our. So we have a big auditorium, 375 seats with great digital capability. We've got conference breakout rooms. Then we have this incredible simulation center that has four different labs for medical, surgical, intensive care, operating, trauma. We can do all types of simulation with both mannequins and live actors. We have a trained simulation team and staff. It is fully decked out as a hospital. So we'll be training hundreds and thousands of nurses there before they go into the hospital. Plus we're also doing conferences where people will come in and use that. And then we have our technology hub, and we have a medical demo. We've got some great meeting spaces, our executive room. And so cause, you know, yeah, the cause had their conference, co- yeah. and the end of the day was, so not, they, it was not just an experience of having a conference place, but it was to see this healthcare hub, see this, this engine of activity yeah. that goes on. And so in the end of the day, and, and we've already had, I think this next year, we already have a hundred meetings and conferences already lined up. We've had two day programs. You know, the NIH people have come out. We've had the American Medical Association have uh, me- meetings, a meeting there already. But we also look to San Diego, like Cause, and community organizations to use it to partner with us because it's a great facility. Plus also it has all that great capability you could beam in and beam out. So we can even be doing a surgical procedure at the hospital and beaming in over to the the Innovation Center and you know, on the closed yeah, network. All and, yeah, all connected. Nice. And, and then the other thing is that we can do something in the Innovation Center and then all the people in our hospitals can go into a conference room and, and view. So, but again, it's this aspect that the future of healthcare requires innovation, training, doing stuff outside of the hospital, planning mm-hmm. before you go in there. So in the end of the day is that we're, it's really, a it's a it's a future investment we, we've made in this. We've made it in today and it's great. And so we, it's open to the community and that we actually have a, page on our website where you can sign up and you can put what dates you want, you're looking at and how many people you have. And we have a team now that will help manage that. But that's what goes back to Sharp being a great community asset. This is a community hub for San Diego. It's a healthcare hub too, of course it is, but it's a community hub and that we've already had a number of our board members who have parts of other, or members of other organizations, like I'm going to bring my group over here. But it was a big investment, $75 million investment we were making and philanthropy is part of that, and the community is part of that. So it's part of our big campaign we've undertaken where SHARP is investing about $2 billion, uh over this decade in facilities and technology and training and programs. That goes back to that's what we do is invest in the future. And so it's been a key element of that entire initiative.
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: it's a great place, and I look forward to hosting you over there.
0: So you have an interesting view, I, I would assume, of our community of San Diego. Yes. Right? You're the mayor here yeah. with you know, like all kinds of people here. What what are you optimistic about? So as you, as you kind of look at our community and what's happening in San Diego, and you kind of think out in the future, besides kind of all well, things kind of going happening at Sharp, what gets you excited about where we're it, going? I it, mean, and inspire our our, our yeah. audience here. You know, it's it's a the it, future's great.
1: It's incredible community, and I call it home now. I've been at Sharp for twenty two years, and and lived here, and and but I did I did a lot of work in San Diego before with various organizations and as a consultant as well. It's an incredible community. It is unique. It has this aspect that it has a lot of people who aren't from here more. Of that's changing as generations stay here. And that brings a unique dynamic to philanthropy where people oftentimes are really wedded to their organizations where they went to school or grew up, but you're seeing, and, and it's, it's great that San Diego has had a series of really incredible, both leaders and philanthropists and community dynamos, you know, not a large number at any given time, but they have been incredibly dynamic. Joan Kroc, for example, obviously one of the biggest donors in history. And, of course, Conrad Prebis, who now has the foundation, and the Copley family and things like that. So over its history, it has a, it has a legacy of key people kind of stepping up and making the community better. Uh, providing leadership to that, and uh, it's not a big Fortune 500 company town. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of great high tech, biotech, life sciences, and the hope is, and my hope is, is that there's an incredible amount of brain power and leadership that those some of those folks will also sort of step into the the leadership role of community leaders in philanthropy or organizations. We've been really fortunate to have incredible leaders on our boards of directors come from many San Diego business leaders and others. And so you always look is that, will those people be in abundance in the future? So that's going to impact that, that it's like people like, Oh, is there, is there not enough donors here anymore? There's still plenty of those, but back to your, one of your first points, we need to educate the community. You know, one of the things I hope we can do at our innovation center is probably have a, like a philanthropy summit and bring some of the community and business leaders and I'd like cause but really look at saying that if I tell the story of look what happened you know 70 years ago when a group of people got together and they mm. and they started an organization now we have there's big issues here obviously with the economy and population changes and homelessness and those types of things and I know there's great people working on those but it also requires, I think, us being proactive to get out and not just you know, raise money, but to really do that education and to have the community understand the place where they live and, and the future of where they're gonna live. You know, the, one of the biggest challenges in this, in certain things is that, especially like with philanthropy and communities, is what gets taken for granted. And you think about all the you know, great things in San Diego, like, or the hospitals and healthcare, or schools, or Balboa Park.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about Museums. Park, going, oh, things, well, there. You know, Somehow it just how, happened. <laughs> right,
1: right. And I know there's people that work to dedicate and take care of that. But oftentimes, a lot of that gets taken for granted. So if we don't teach the future generations that somewhat of a responsibility right. to their community. that got to maintain these things, too. May, or even take them even further. Right. Build, build them bigger and better or do other things then you, well, it's not my responsibility. Well, yes, it is. If you want to enjoy, that's what I say is that we're a community asset. So I think it's a challenge in San Diego because you don't have eight generations of people and where some other, but that's even a better thing is you bring people from all over and their prior experiences can be brought to bear and saying, yeah, I want to be part of the future of San Diego. So it's always that challenge is that, yeah, that And I, and I've seen that this, yeah, taken for granted, that's always been here. It always will be here. And like, Hey, what happened? Like that museum closed, like, well, because the community didn't, you know, yeah, yeah, well, it wasn't very popular. It's like, no, it's not so much as that because people even know about it. Like back to your point is that, you know, we have to educate. And I think that was one of the uh, great things that I know Grant Oliphant and the Conrad Prebis, they did a lot of sounding sessions and listening to the community and their strategic planning, you know, and that's. You know, that's the one thing that we do more than anything. and I think we need to do as a community uh, is share and educate and tell stories and have people take ownership of the place they live, yes. work, play, enjoy.
0: So that, you know, that's part of my thing, and we're talking about this at lunch, <laughs> is I believe business has this huge role to play in this. We have the greatest influence. And sure, but we're so busy kind of running our business in our little silos and a lot of companies are doing good things, but never necessarily collaborating well, um, especially the smaller businesses because they're just kind of scrambling to, to do their thing. But um, I think there's a huge opportunity there to figure out maybe you know if you got three or four or five companies all pointing at the same thing in their little local community, some you would actually see some measurable outcomes.
1: So, I uh, I agree, and we're an the and we're there. the same way. You know, we're Sharp is a very big business. So like I said, we're you know the largest private employer. We have like almost twenty thousand employees. We are a five billion dollar operation. And we talk of ourselves as an operating company and finance and investment company, and that we have that same responsibility. And we do a lot of community work in that in that vein as well. But you're exactly right, is that companies locate in places, well, I'm sure the weather is nice, but it is the quality of health care. It's the quality of schools right. and education. Looking it's at your the, kids, quali- it's right? the quality of yeah. kind of the extracurricular activities. It's, you know, of, of what are those, the, those benefits that accrue to it? Yeah, it's it not, you know, solving traffic problems or other things. But the end of the day, so companies really have that responsibility. One out of every three adults in San Diego has a relationship with Sharp Healthcare. That means if you work for a company, your company has a relationship with us as well. And say, no, it shouldn't, we shouldn't be the only thing that you look to support. But the understanding is that this whole fabric, you know, and that's, I always like to use that term, the fabric of society or fabric of is mm-hmm. interwoven with these three sectors, the private sector, public sector, and the third sector or the nonprofit sector. And we all have to be collaborative in that versus like, oh, I'm silo it. Or it's like we argue about who gets the money before we even raise it kind of thing. So we have to think about what's the fabric of San Diego, what's comprised of, what corporations and businesses, and not just the big ones everybody knows about, not the Qualcomm, but all of those those high tech companies. One's right around here where we are today. It's that, you know, and you all have a stake. Everyone has a stake in it. And I think at the end of the day is that how you – how you share that stake is important and, and you, and you, how you think about that in your planning. And so, you know, your partnerships and that's where we want the, what we want the innovation center to be is a partnership aspect too. We'd love to partner with co- companies and organizations to do things
0: together. Awesome. Well, we got to wrap this thing up here, Bill. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, I always like to end with what's the big idea, right? So we've chit chatted for 40 minutes here. Someone's walking or, or listening to our podcast and, and they are about to go meet somebody, what would you like them to go, hey, I just heard this thing <laughs> that you would like them to share? What's the big thought?
1: Be a learner. Like I said education is so, not just book education, You know, obviously education is important from that standpoint, but at the end of the day is that, uh, learn and know more about your community, the things that are important to you, be inquisitive and, and therefore maybe be willing to be involved and engaged in your community in different ways. And it's, you know, not whether it's serving on a board or volunteering, but even to the aspect of understanding, you know, how things work. And um, I, I hear that from so many people, even at, at Sharp, it's, oh, I never knew Sharp did this. You know, the best kept secret, and you know, we do, oh, we, we have an incredible cardiac program where we do transplants and we do LVADs and the pump devices and all of that. So, well probably wouldn't know if you didn't have that niche. But again, it becomes like, well, shouldn't we do more to try to to teach the community? So I think every organization, back to your point about legacy and history, companies, everybody needs to sort of have that sort of aspect of your elevator speech. And we, we do an elevator speech for our foundations in Sharp Healthcare. We also do our bragging. We say, we talk about what were the the first of, most of, best of, only of, you know, this is something you should be proud of. And so every entity has that kind of story. And maybe there, I don't know, maybe there's a San Diego website with that gets developed where everybody's story gets, you know, public, private, nonprofit. There's a you can go find, you can go read somebody's story. And, you know, it's the San Diego archive kind of thing. I think that would do so much more for people then to be, be interested or be driven to, or, inspired to become involved or, or want to make a difference in the future. And so, you know, I would say like, come over and learn more. I'll take you and on a t- I mean, oh, good. Bill can you tell me a little more. I said, why don't you, let's get together and have coffee and I will share a bit more about stuff. I'm like, well, I'll do that. And so, you know, I'm not going to ask you for any money. I want you to know anything before that. So I think as a community, especially community leaders, we have a responsibility to do that on behalf of the community.
0: And business leaders are community leaders. Exactly right. Everyone, everybody is. Well, I, I love what you're saying. I think you have to recognize you're part of a much larger thing than maybe you think you are, right? Just like, you know, I got my place I live, I got the place I work or whatever, but you're part of a large ecosystem, that all has to work to make this all happen. We oh, live, and, and, and we, and and we now, live in a great one, right? Right.
1: And the fact is, is that you know the the digital world has changed dramatically, and we have digital relationships, and so that's part of it too. In the end of the day, it's that, sorts in person and it's in your community, but it's also kind of in the cyber world too. And the aspect that there's ways that we can even build better relationships that way than siloing ourselves, or you know, kind of yeah. you know that that aspect and. And I think we could do that by coming together like at a cause conference or anything else and say I just sort of end with this is that I've been fascinated by the Apollo story and, and history the going to the moon and just the incredible work that was done and they had 400,000 people working on that but it, and it, it wasn't just one company they they couldn't depend on on one IBM or one company Boeing to build this to create this incredible. Initiative. It was a true moonshot, and it was a, a, a coming together of all of this great stuff to make it happen, and this dedication and all of that. And it's just amazing to sort of see the documentaries of it and to watch it and all. Said, so, you know, is there a San Diego moonshot in the future? It's not uh, not just oh to solve the homeless crisis or this or that. It's that to to can take, we be. right, yeah. and that all people get together, and then they can elevate their own organizations, which again in that fabric rise everybody's boats. And that's really what, you know, at the end of the day, think of all the great things that developed out of the Apollo missions, all the technology and computer and everything, all the downstream, but it was not just the government. It was this collaboration. And that's what I think we, it's in the end of the day is that, you know, what's the moonshot for San Diego for the next, you know, and, and sure you have, that's big goals, but you break it down and then you get organizations to work together. And you can achieve things more so than you'd ever do by yourself.
0: Uh, now you're talking my language. There yeah. you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, Bill, man, I appreciate you coming in oh, here today, taking some time out of your busy schedule and, and share the, the sharp story. I, I did not know <laughs> all that. I'm a customer, but I certainly didn't know. Well, what- you're not required. There's no qu- there's <laughs> yeah. no quiz when you yeah. check in. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, I've never <laughs> quizzed on that when I went in there. But uh, it's amazing what you guys yeah. are doing. And uh, super, super appreciate that. Thank you. So that's our show for today. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe, comment, and most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. Again, special thanks to our collaborative community of San Diego Business Organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, Be Local, and the Cause San Diego, who are all using the influence of business to possibly impact our very own community of San Diego. I'm Jeff Lanton from Jailbreak Leadership saying, until next time, go do what you do. Go do what you do best, or we're all counting on you.